Today on CityCast Salt Lake, on this morning, two years ago, a 5.7 magnitude earthquake hit Salt Lake City and absolutely rocked us. Today we're going to reflect on that day and how it changed us. I'm joined by my lead producer, Nick Steffens. Hi, Nick. How's it going? And birth worker, activist, and CityCast Salt Lake contributor, Ashley Finley. Welcome back, Ashley. Hey, Allie. It's Friday, March 18th, 2022. I'm Allie Vallarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. So my first question, of course, for both of you is, where were you when it happened? I had actually just crawled back into bed. (laughs) I was feeling very tired um, from a birth. And so I remember like being like, I need a moment to decompress. And so I was I wasn't even like in the bed. I was just like laying on my back on top of the bed. Just trying to yeah. breathe. And yeah. it was really crazy. All of a sudden, everything started shaking. And at first, I thought um, what it felt like to me was that I live on like kind of a major street. And I was like, something this just crashed into the <laughs> apartment. And then I was like, oh, wait, this is an earthquake. <laughs> we'll just yeah. ride it out. <laughs> Wait, okay. It's kind of hysterical to me that that was your reaction because I feel like mine was the opposite, which is when I realized it was an earthquake, I panicked more. Mm. Yeah. But the thing, the thing that I was thinking about today, which is kind of funny, is like I had this narrative in my mind where I was like, oh yeah, the earthquake. Yeah. Yeah. It was about 4 a.m. I was fast asleep. I woke up. It was dark. And like I had this entire memory. And memory is a real funny thing because Uh. when I Googled the earthquake, it was 7 (laughs) a.m. It was not dark. I was not fast asleep, which brings me to like, I actually don't know where I was when it happened. I like remember it as a collect. I remembered how we all remember it as like a collective experience. Like I went back into my phone and looked at like my group chats from that time and was like, oh yeah, panic, panic. Everyone's mad. But like, I don't remember the moment. Well, the crazy thing about the earthquake moment um, for me is I was laying in bed, and the way I realized something was happening is I have this guitar that's that hangs on a wall mount, and it started to shake, and it started to vibrate, and it started to make you know this this kind of like ghostly guitar sound. Wow! And then it kind of picked up, and it picked up, and it picked up, and that's when it was clear, like wow, there's an yeah. earthquake going on. I've never been in one before of that magnitude. Mm-hmm. And then my first thought, I, have a, I had a, a kindergartner at the time, and um, my first thought was, how's he doing, right? Yeah. So I get out of bed, zip out of my room as fast as I can, down the hallway into his room, and he's sitting up on his bed, wide awake, just like, just loving it. He thought it was the <laughs> coolest thing. <laughs> I love that. And he asked when it was going to happen again. Oh, yeah. Oh, he misses it. That's hysterical. It's we have this like perception that kids are fragile and need to be protected. And like often with these kinds of things, they're the ones who are like the most resilient. Right. Because I kind of freaked out. Did it change you, either of you? Like, have you noticed like that you've developed certain habits or tics or things you notice more since this big earthquake? What it highlighted for me is that 
I am actually not a very prepared person in terms of like natural disasters. Like I'm a person yeah. who thinks of like any way I can jimmy rig my apartment if an intruder comes in, right? Right. Like, mm-hmm. like very home mm-hmm. alone. Um, but yeah. But um, for natural disasters, I'm not sure that you know, like I don't have a, like a fallout bag or whatever. You know, like all of those things. So. You don't keep a suitcase by the door. I don't. <laughs> I don't have all my important documents and, you know, like shelf-stable water or whatever, you know. <laughs> so That's funny to me because you work with pregnant women. Right. And I feel like the whole job is being ready for the call at any minute. <laughs> Literally. You're right. And I'm ready for that call, you know. But <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nick, you're a homeowner, which is interesting to me because I'm – not. And so if an earthquake strikes my building, well, the HOA has to deal with that. But I was reading about how in the wake of that, some Utahns were advised to get earthquake insurance because most insurance doesn't cover earthquakes, which again, like insurance is a scam part 10. Mm -hmm. Do you have a preparedness plan? No. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You guys. I think think that, um, yeah, the the earthquake insurance is quite expensive. Yes, absolutely. Um, But I guess the thing that's interesting is I've I was in one earthquake before. I grew up in the Midwest, and so did, I did not grow up with earthquakes. And then um, I did a stint in the Peace Corps, and that's where I was in my first. It wasn't as big, but it was a you know it was there was no mistaking what it was. And that in that case, it happened in the middle of the night, and I woke up and remember thinking, "Wow!" And then I rolled back over and went back to sleep. <laughs> Like no concern whatsoever, the absolute wrong thing to do. And so then I was talking with some friends about that experience and I said, okay, if this ever happens again, I know what to do. And what I learned in this earthquake two years ago is uh, maybe I don't, (laughs) you know, maybe, maybe this is worth revisiting here. Yeah. I did go back and look and realized that a lot of the safety tactics that um, I thought would help were not the correct ones. Apparently you're not supposed to stand in doorways. Oh, yeah, what? that's like the only one I know. Yeah, well, apparently I, I thought that was like somebody <laughs> told me that's not. The, I don't know. I'm not sure, but I was told that's not the case. Huh. Okay. What else is? Is there another one? It's the only one I knew. Oh. <laughs> turns out, I, but it, it ter- turns out I didn't know it, and so yeah, and so I think that there is um that there is as we talk about this, you know, um a, a bit of seriousness that hasn't been placed toward like thinking about you know, what we do because it's it's gonna happen again, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, so I grew up in a hurricane slash tornado environment. And the thing that we would do is you lay in the tub and you pull a mattress over you. Yeah. Which I also never understood because it's stronger than you. What's the mattress? Wait, tell me about the mattress. Well, okay. So the theory with the mattress, you're in the tub and you have the mattress over you is that like, even if something falls on the mattress, it sort of creates this little air pocket for you. Like it creates this little space. And then, but the thing with the mattress is like, you have to, in order to pull your mattress off of your bed, drag it through guaranteed the tiny doorway into your bathroom. Every bathroom doorway is tiny. Of course. You have to be at a 10. So like your immediate reaction has to be at a 10 in order to do that, I think, quick enough. Mm -hmm. And like I'm not – I don't climb quickly to a 10. I kind of climb pretty slowly up from like a 3 to like a 10. So I don't know. I remember one time in my life being in the bathtub with a mattress with my mom. And it was because we heard a – you know, the telltale sign of a tornado is the sound of a train. Everyone says it kind of sounds like a train and we heard that. And so we crawled in the tub with a mattress. 
But I think that was an extreme reaction. We were pretty new to living in like a tornado slash hurricane space. So that's terrifying. That's, but I, I would imagine with an earthquake, it's kind of similar. I don't know. One of the habits that I've adapted in the wake of the quake is, you know, when you buy IKEA furniture and it comes with the little fasteners <laughs> and they're like, you listen here, IKEA customer. You fasten this to, <laughs> to your the wall. wall. Don't you even. And you, they make you like scan a barcode that's like, I swear to God, I fastened it to the wall. Right. I now am like, good thinking. <laughs> because, oh, yeah. Whereas before I was like tossing this away, like <laughs> right. not using, not fastening what? Like I don't have kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say, if you if you ever watch a child try to climb up an Ikea shelf, you <laughs> also quickly recognize the value of those attachments for sure. Remember how it um, knocked Moroni's uh, horn down? Yes, I do. Uh, that was wild. Yes. Um, Moroni, who is, I guess, for if anybody doesn't know, Moroni is like the um, statue on top of the Salt Lake City um LDS temple and he has a brass trumpet or maybe it's gold. I don't know. It's one of those shiny metals. And, and so when the earthquake happened, it knocked Moroni was still there, but his trumpet fell to the ground. And so there's lots yeah. of jokes happening about that. Oh my gosh. All the memes of people replacing the horn with different things. <laughs> yes. Something I think is like interesting is that every place I've lived, and I really think like every region or every city has a quote unquote big one that they're expecting. It's like, oh, you know, we're going to get the big one and that's right. going to be it. And in Salt Lake, our big one is an earthquake. Like the anticipation is we're on the Wasatch fault line. We're going to get a big one and it's going to just like fully do us in. Right. And that lore, like the lore of the big one, I think is so powerful because it's an end of times narrative. It's like a secular end of times narrative, you know? Yeah, I've never thought about that way. I was hearing that sentiment a lot like, oh, this is a huge one. And then people were talking about it, like circling back and like really mm. getting us the second time. And, you know, mm-hmm. like all of these things that I think created a little bit of hysteria. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I actually felt like the the aftershocks created more hysteria, at least in my yeah. immediate circle, because you were in this kind of this headspace that, like, what is going on? Right. What is the end of this? Right. How many of and and some of those aftershocks were pretty significant. Were. I remember I was on the phone. I was on the phone with my mom when one hit, with my with my child as well, right, right there, and I totally panicked. Yeah, and he was again. <laughs> Just there thought for the it was ride. back. Yeah. He missed cool. it. <laughs> so um, it's probably a conversation to be had there. Yeah. Well, they say that there's like a 50% chance we'll have a bigger earthquake in the next 50 years. And um, I remember uh, when John Huntsman, Governor Huntsman, left office, He one of the things that he talked about was earthquake preparedness and how it was something that the state really needed to take seriously. And that was what, 2011. Right. And um, we kind of haven't, like we still haven't. There was there were a couple bills at the legislature related to earthquakes. One of them passed, which is to, it's like $170 million to reinforce all of the schools in the state to be earthquake safe, which is good because schools are kind of our like shared safe houses, I think. 
Um, but Claire Collard from Magna wanted to create an office of earthquake preparedness and it was unpopular. It didn't even make it out of committee because people were like, 10 million for what? And I'm like, have you all forgotten? Like <laughs> this time last year, there was a virtual town hall about the anniversary of the earthquake. And it feels like it's been quiet this year, earthquake conversations. Like we've really kind of fallen off. The only reason I even remembered it is because Shades Brewing released an earthquake anniversary beer which is called magnitude. And of course it's a sour. <laughs> as in like as in Magna Utah. Yeah. Because yeah, they that's what kind of they got hit the hardest, didn't they? Well the yeah. epicenter was it started just north there. of there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Magnitude. Magnitude. Huh? Mag- magnitude. <laughs> magnitude. So here oh. we are. Yeah. yeah. It seems like neither of you really live with the the like day-to-day fear and anxiety around this kind of event. Do you have people in your lives that do? The short answer is not really, but I think that one of the one of the values in like conversations like this and in anniversaries in general is maybe I mean maybe we should be paying more attention to it. And maybe this is a little reminder that like for that for that moment it felt like such a big thing that we were going to get on top of and it's honestly like it's kind of it's maybe slipped uh too far back in my mind. But I'm not going to no, I'm not going to let it dictate my days. But yeah, I could probably take it more seriously. Yeah, I don't know that I do, honestly. Um, I know people who are really, like, very affected. Um, Mm -hmm. But I know that some of the folks in my community who are, like, advocates, like, for disability rights and accessibility, um, were highlighting some of the disparities there, like, after the earthquake and... um, and so I, I'm curious to see, like, how much um, of their daily, like, routines and things are are kind of informed, because there was a lot of conversation about that, too. You know, like, people who use wheelchairs and um, those sorts of things, like, what happens in an earthquake when things are kind of falling all around you and, you know, you don't necessarily have the ability to just hop up and bounce out or crouch under something um you know or or climb down an emergency exit on the side of a building right no I was gonna say I also think that you know the earthquake happened and it was like kind of like Nick said you know it was coupled with the beginning really of the pandemic and I believe were we in quarantine at that time I believe we were like one week in, or maybe maybe two weeks in. Okay, okay. It was it was it was very it was early. It was brand in. new, right? And mm-hmm. so I think everybody's nerves were just like shot already, and then the earthquake happened, and then you know, so I think people um m- might still be dealing with the the cortisol levels <laughs> of like everything yeah. as a whole. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think that's that's the I think that's such an important point that like it, it it's really hard to talk about this particular earthquake as its own thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was part of this larger kind of like uncertainty going all around our communities and all around our state and all around our mm-hmm. country. Mm-hmm. It really so. was. Yeah, yeah, and I think like it centered us in this state of mind of like not this shit. And like the sort of like, not this shit state of mind, I think has been my state of mind since. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> like, I think my reaction yes. to everything since has been, not this shit. Right. <laughs> like, I really think I'm still in that place. And I wonder if I'm ever going to leave it or if, or if this is the vibe shift that everyone's talking about that we're undergoing. Um, because, yeah, it's, it is frustrating. And it is interesting. Like, um, again, memory is such a funny thing. And how we, like, remember that moment and continue to re-remember it is so defining. But I certainly wish our legislators remembered it more. And I wish that we were prioritizing that safety because, I mean, Ashley, like you work up at the U often, right? And that I used to work at the U and Nick, so did you. It's a rite of passage to work at the U at some point in Salt Lake City. Like everyone has. Um, And uh, I remember one time being on campus and there was like a small gas leak or something. And I said to my boss, I was like, oh, do we like evacuate? What do we do? And she was like, honey, <laughs> evacuate. That one road? <laughs> no, we're here. Right. Like the U, like there's no getting off this hill. It's like true. unless you have a helicopter, you want to run up and get on the BST. Like, and so I, that gave me a lot of anxiety too when I was working up there was like, yeah, if something happened, like there are two roads out of here and one of them goes up to the hospital. Mm. So that one's going to be busy. Um, and so my like, I don't know. When I stopped working there, I was I, f- I found a little bit of relief because I was always disaster planning around how I would get out of the U in a crisis. Yeah, that's a that's a good point because we we think of these like buildings and these institutions sometimes as being like safe places, right? Because they're large <laughs> and in a lot. But um, you're right. Like I think like. What if I had been at the hospital? Like, what if I hadn't been just off that birth, you know, and we were there when the hospital or when we were at the hospital when um, the earthquake happened? Like, I'm sure there's like emergency measures in the hospital, but I, um, yeah, that just would have, that would have changed a lot, <laughs> you know? The person I would like to talk to is that baby. <laughs> I know. Poor like, baby. Tell me about coming into the world and being literally shaken. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, you two, any closing thoughts on this? I kind of wanted to say um, about the earthquake that in a lot of ways that it did feel, it felt a little sacred to me, um, which is like a weird thing to say, but Again, we were in this time of turmoil, right? And like right after that, you know, we we had like all of the protests in the cities, the city like, you know, like going on with like for George Floyd and Bernardo Palacios and then of course we had the quote unquote hurricane, you know, and mm-hmm. then like it was just like Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> the hurricane. The, the hurricane. hurricane. Yeah. So yeah. we were just in a time, right, that like I feel like we were really being um like our sense of groundedness what and also sense of community was really being challenged but one thing that I really appreciated and I was talking to Ali a little bit about this um was that it did feel very centering to me because I thought, man, even in the midst of all of this craziness and all of the unknowns and all of the variables, um, and even in all of the tragedy, right? Like the, the, like this thing has been happening 
since the beginning, right? Since the beginning of this planet and since the beginning of time and it's still happening. And so even like with all of this, like nature still persists and the earth still does what she does, you know? And so that felt really centering to me in a very strange kind of way because I was like, that's one thing we can count on. Like we can count on the mountains, you know? We can count on the land always. And um, I wish that maybe that was like a little bit of a larger narrative throughout throughout that time, but also this time, you know, like I think that'll heal a lot of things if we start turning back to back to the land. No, I think that's a really interesting point. And like the earthquake is in it's a tradition. It's like a tradition of the land. And so and you know, it's bad for us, but I think we should be asking ourselves why. Like what have we built that can't sustain a tradition of the land. Right. Ooh, that's a good one. We got to write that down. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, we're recording. <laughs> Did I, I meant to tell you. <laughs> I love that. Uh, Nick, Ashley, thank you so much for being here. Thank I you. I love oh, spending my Friday this with you. Great. This was great. Thank you so much. That's all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. This show is produced by Nick Steffens and Diane Majapinto. We have a special guest producer this week. Welcome and thank you, Carleon Jones. Our newsletter editor is Madeline McGill and our host is me, Ali Vallarta. Music is by Mitochondria. Enjoy the weekend and we'll be back Monday morning with more news from around the city. Bye. <laughs>